Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Why Risk Management Matters Informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media and abnp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Eladio Medina is president of Kinetic Consulting Group, working with various technologies for over 36 years. He started his career at CCH Computax in 1983 and was introduced to an early model of the IBM PC to determine how to best utilize this new technology. In 1986, Eladio joined Douglas Furniture, where he remained for 22 years until the company closed in 2008. That same year, Kinetic Consulting Group was founded. Eladio has done programming, systems, and workflow analysis that has helped him service his customers from a wide variety of industries, such as financial, manufacturing, medical, and legal, to name a few. But his greatest asset is his desire to establish strong relationships with his customers. These bonds build trust that Eladio takes very seriously and gives customers the assurance that he's looking out for their best interests when it comes to new and existing technologies to benefit their business. So, Eladio, welcome to the show. Thank you, and Candy. This is uh, an unprecedented time. <laughs> it is. And, you know, as some guests may recall, you were actually a guest on my show back in December 2019. And at that time, I had you give some of your background. Um, but as a reminder, can you let us know how you got into assisting entrepreneurs with their IT support? Well, uh, when uh, I joined Douglas Furniture back in '86, um, I, I was just—I came in as just a programmer, and uh, the the manager there was uh, very—you know—he he wasn't so much of a IT person as one that was curious and had a strong backing to learn and know everything about the company that he was. Uh, uh, employed by, and he instilled some of that to uh, me over the years, which was, you know, I was exposed to like uh, accounting, I was exposed to, uh, you know, logistics, manufacturing aspects of the company, different areas of of operation, and in in doing that, when I did programming for the uh, the company, uh, you know, I had to look at what processes they were doing and break it down into steps and, you know, kind of find a way to be more efficient with them in in the programming and create uh, programs and applications that would make their jobs more efficient, more effective, uh, and and easier to use for them. Uh, So that was uh, some of the things that got, gave me a, a different perspective 
uh, not just from a IT point of view, but from a, a user's point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, in 2000, I mean, and yeah, in 2004, a uh, change in management from uh, in the company took place, which was from a family-owned business to a corporate business. And unfortunately, that the the corporate entity that took over really didn't understand the industry. And when the market uh, crashed in 2008, so did the company. But uh, I found myself in a situation where I've had all this experience, and I uh, felt I could help small, medium-sized businesses. Uh, have an IT department that normally they wouldn't have uh, with with a person that would look at stuff differently than just an IT perspective, but how to help with the operation itself as, as well. And so that's where, where I decided to uh, create Kinetic Consulting Group. Well, it's definitely been helpful for me as well as a small business who doesn't really know a lot about technology, you know, to have you. And so I'm sure other small businesses appreciate the fact that there are resources such as you that can come in and help when we need it, right? You know, especially like times like today, uh, kind of where we are in. So I really wanted to discuss, you know, this is a very timely topic. We'd already decided to have you on the show, of course, to talk about the remote workplace. And then, uh, you know, California in the last couple of days, of course, has said work from home. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, shelter in place and and things like that. And there may be other places across the country that will do the same very soon, too. So with all that's going on with this, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19, as it's called, and the requirements to quarantine from, you know, work, stay at home, uh, I wanted, again, to just start talking about the technology that would allow people to easily work from home. Uh, and I know most people probably know the definition of remote access, uh, but for those who are unfamiliar, could you explain really what that is? Well, in in a nutshell, remote access is the ability to um, access your uh, your data, information, resources, and so forth from uh, uh, any other location than where the resources are at. Uh, so, it, and it's been around for quite a while. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're we're not talking that this is a new new kind of technology, but uh, it it has morphed in different ways, and the ability to to do this has has improved over time, with the uh, the underlying infrastructure of technology that that has increased with the internet. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it started like uh, initially something akin to having a what's called a VPN, a virtual private network, and imagine it being a, a pseudo um, imaginary cable connected f- to the computer that you're at, whether it's at home or at a Starbucks or anywhere else, and it's connected directly into your local network at your office, and uh, any communication in there is encrypted, so it's protected, and then once you're connected, all the resources that you normally would have while you're in the office is available to you at wherever you're located at on the on the remote device. Uh, that was one aspect, and then there's remote access to web. You know, now nowadays you have the remote access to websites where, like, uh, uh, remote PC, uh, log me in. Uh, th- there's things like 
those uh, companies that now make it very simple to create uh, uh, an access to a local resource as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, a lot of times it's been used in the past. Like, for instance, I mean, I've used it quite a bit for clients for many years. And it was because we needed to access their computer to do their bookkeeping because either they just wanted to keep it on their own computer or maybe they were doing the invoicing and we were doing some of the other things. So we've used it a lot in the past just for client work as well. And then over time, you know, I obviously have been able to work remotely from other places too, doing my own data. Um, but recently started shifting. So we knew at some point we'd probably have to have a more remote workspace. Didn't know it was going to be as fast as it was. But, of course, we had started even testing this uh, last year with some employees starting to work from home a day or two a week. And thankfully, we were getting that process ready with you. Um, but you have been great in terms of sharing the resources that we need, right, whether it's a phone system or the remote, you know, into our own servers, having online capabilities for some software. Um, so I think all of that goes into having remote capabilities. Yeah, it, it was interesting that, uh, you know, it, given that uh, where, where we're at right now with this unprecedented event, um, you know, you're, you're one of the first companies that really had started to adopt uh, this this uh, remote access or uh, remote work capability, and it was uh, frankly in 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 my portfolio was one of the be- more better trained uh, hmm. uh, companies because you are it wasn't for reasons that you were forced into it was a logical decision that was uh, decided upon that hey we want to do this and gives our employees options. Uh, where they may not be feeling uh, good today, or they, they they like a babysitter failed to to uh, to take you know come in, and they they have to work from home. They have that option rather than not be at home, uh, you know, not be in the office and not be have any productivity. Right. And so uh, it's it's a very effective means of allowing uh, your your employees to to still continue to work even though they're not in the office. Right. And I think that's where part of the issue of people dealing with this now, like all of a sudden, you know, even as of, like I said, on a Thursday night being told you're going to have to work from home unless it's essential, you know, and a lot of people aren't even prepared for that, whether it's the employees not prepared or the business wasn't even prepared. So there's a lot of people who are going to be scrambling right now trying to figure out how to make this work. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that have to be in place to do that. So what would you say would be necessary for someone to work as if they're in their office setting, but they're working from home? Well, initially the, the thought was, hey, you know, you just get a laptop and, uh, you know, get the, the appropriate, the, you know, there's a decision as to how they're going to be set up, um, you know, whether they're going to be mobile, moving around a lot and so forth. So, uh, you know, the bread and butter would be something like a laptop that would allow the mobility and so forth. Um, then all of a sudden, this the dynamic suddenly becomes different because now we're we're in the situation where we're forced upon having, um, uh, you know, where you don't have a choice; you have to be remote. And mm-hmm. when when you're looking at that, there's there was the consequences of that where. 
instead of having just a laptop, well, you know, laptop for, for a few hours a day or, you know, for given one day of work is fine. But when you have to do it every day, it becomes more of a hindrance because, you know, most users have uh, two monitors at their home office, uh, not a home office, but at the local office where they work. And now they're just sitting on a small laptop. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, that circumstances. Then there's also, you know, well, bandwidth for their internet uh, connection at their home uh, may not be a consequences, but now it suddenly becomes that because they need more performance uh, and on a consistent basis for a longer period of time. So some of the things that I, I've uh, I've come up with is things like for a home office setup is to either have a desktop or laptop computer uh, with that. And if you have a laptop, you connect it, marry it up with a, a big screen TV or, uh, or a monitor so that you can work with it. A docking station, if you're using more, multi, you know, multiple workstations or, or multiple monitors, a printer, you know, get a, get a good chair, a decent desk uh, in emergency times, even a, a, a flat table would be a sufficient. But you got to mm-hmm. set up sort of like having your self-contained office. Right. And primarily, make sure you have the bandwidth uh, on your uh, internet connection. If it's poor, you're going to get even poor performance when you're connecting right. over to your, your customer. Right. And be frustrated because you're so used to something going very quickly in the office when you're trying to access something online or, you know, what you're doing. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there and waiting, waiting, waiting for it to yeah. <laughs> process. You know, it could be really... Frustrating. And then the employer might think like the employee isn't working as much too, which brings up a whole nother thing is, you know, productivity. Are they able to be as productive at home as they would be if they were in the office? You know, that's one issue. Yeah, there, there was actually a, a, um, a company that uh, wasn't one under my, uh, under my supervision, but uh, one from an associate that I know of uh, that, that was telling me that their management team had already gone into a lockdown a couple of weeks ago uh, and, and was starting that. And then as they flipped the switch last week, uh, and this is early prior to, to the California shutdown, um, they started going remote uh, as of uh, the prior Monday. Um, they, they wanted to see what was the activity level between the the current week and the prior week when everybody was working from the office. And they did notice a, a, a good percentage uh, between 40 and 50% uh, of the workers were not working as diligently as uh, they were pr- on the prior week. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're still trying to figure out whether that's just the cause and effect of people just shutting down their computer to go do something and come back uh, given the circumstances or is this what they're facing in in the future so yes when when people are remote you do tend to have a tendency that the productivity may drop but there are controls that you can come in and and have where there there's activity analysis and so forth and it really comes down to uh, the employer as to how they want to monitor the their employees' usage when they're uh, remote. 
Mm. Well, this is all great information we've started talking about so far, but it's actually time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Eladio about setting up a remote workspace. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer, and we'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Eladio Medina told us about his background and how he got into assisting entrepreneurs with their technology needs. Now, let's continue our discussion. So, Eladio, I was just thinking as we were going into that commercial break about cybersecurity. And a lot of people know you have to be careful, um, but with people working from home, from their own laptops or their own computers, like what do employers need to educate their employees on in terms of being safe? Really, it's, it's coming down to uh, being aware that uh, when they're away from the office and they're using a device that's going to connect to the office, um, that they have to make sure that they are just as prudent with uh, their malware, uh, an- anti-malware software, anti-virus software, uh, where they br- where they go on the internet, um, and especially if they're also checking personal emails on that system, or whether it, because they have it's their own system, or checking companies' uh, emails. Uh, on it and, you know, exposing them to tracking software and so forth. Uh, there, there, you know, there's been cases where a user who's remotely connecting to uh, uh, a site, a company site, uh, had their email tracked. And, uh, when, uh, and then when they answered it, it exposed them to a keylogger program that actually tracked their password and they, the the attacker actually then circumvented the user's, you know, 
own security protocols of that PC and connected directly to that resource and was able to attack the local computer on the network uh, directly, even being because they were there, were able to disable the, all the security devices on that mm-hmm. local machine. So there were there's cases like that where uh, you know they have to be more vigilant uh, about looking at uh, what they're doing and so forth and making sure they're they're up to date. Uh, now with some of the remote access uh, technology that's available now, there's a nice feature which is the uh, two-factor authentication where mm-hmm. they we we can import uh, connect them to their cell phones where a code gets t- sent to that. So that's a second, that's a, a kind of like a third-party device that. Uh, has a one-time code that comes up for a short period, and the user can import that into their uh, their session, and that, uh, thus allow them to connect into the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the, the aforementioned uh, VPN connection that uh, prevents creates uh, you know a more private connection into the network if they if that's how the the method of of security is done. Right. Yeah, it's just always really important. Should be top of mind for employees and employers to really make sure they're being cautious as you know, especially now that people that are maybe not so good, you know, know that we are under this. You have to work from home and they know that people are going to have to be accessing, you know, they're going to be looking at ways to hack into systems and, you know, get data that they shouldn't and hold it for ransom or, you know, things we've experienced before and heard about, you know, you have to pay so much money, you know, to get your stuff released. So just really training and educating employers to teach their employees you know, what to do and be really cautious. And if you have your cell phone or your laptop out, you know, don't leave it where it can get stolen or things like that too, right? Yeah, in case in point, with the especially with laptops, uh, you know, the software, the, the, the operating system and the software that's embedded in it is usually, uh, it, the operating system doesn't know that it's on a laptop compared to a desktop. A desktop mm-hmm. tends to be situated in one location Whereas a laptop is can be more mobile, so the chances of it getting stolen or uh, you know uh, intercepted because it's on a, on a network uh, is more prevalent. So what happens is if you have you don't you have passwords that are saved or in in the in the sense that you go to a website, let's say for Am- like Amazon, and you click on the tab for Amazon and it automatically logs into it because it saved the password for auto right. entering, uh, you're vulnerable. So if you have that and you're doing that for accessing uh, company resources, you've just made the company vulnerable if the laptop is compromised because mm-hmm. it, the person's got access to it. So, you know, rule of thumb is that none of that is should ever be happening on a mobile device. Uh, it, all passwords have to be entered uh, in some form or manner uh, just to make sure that security is taken care of. Right. Very important information. 
So I think what I wanted to talk about now is, you know, I know this recent mandate to have most people work at home has hindered quite a few industries. And we have to acknowledge that some don't have the capabilities to work remotely, such as restaurants or, you know, hair salons, most medical professionals, as well as quite a few others. Now, of course, in California that we've been mandated to stay at home and only non-essential uh, or non-essential businesses shouldn't even be operating only essential one should be, uh, but in the other parts of the country, they're probably not as strict yet as we are. So there are some that could have, you know, remote workers that maybe weren't prepared for this infrastructure that's needed yet. So can you touch on some of the things that the companies might need specifically to run their businesses and allowing their employees to work from home? Well, it, uh, first thing is that they have to uh, look at their what is specific uh, to their needs uh, and how how they're going to be um, uh, set up. The companies have to determine their level of complexity for it. Unfortunately, you know, like you said, the restaurants, workers that, that have to be on site in order to do their jobs, there isn't much you can do for. But mm-hmm. other companies have the flexibility where users it really they spend so much time on a computer specifically uh, and that's part of their work that it's just a matter of determining uh, you know where that information is going to be housed and uh, so they have to go back and forth and come down to making some decisions uh, whether this information can be exposed externally or uh, has to remain uh, as a requirement uh, by software uh, to be on an in-house environment. Case in point is um, like uh, QuickBooks for small, medium-sized businesses. Uh, if you're if you need the full repertoire of uh, features in QuickBooks, then you have to have like the desktop model, and if it's being shared. The company file is being shared by multiple uh, employees in the uh, in the company. Then what happens is that you need to uh, house it on a server uh, in a local network that the uh, users can access it in. Which means that whenever someone has to be remote, they have to have some method of accessing the local's resources. Uh, in other cases. You don't need to have that. You can have software. You know, if the software is set up such in such a way, you can have an online model where everything is out in uh, on the internet. So it becomes irrelevant whether you're in the office or not. Uh, you can still access the same resources. A small case in point is if, let's say, you were primarily doing emails and and working just through emails, and you did an Office 365 account. Well, it doesn't matter if you are internal or external to the office. You can still get your emails because uh, the emails themselves are not housed internally. It's, out, uh, it's housed externally in, uh, in the cloud. So those are some of the things that, you, that, that they have to uh, determine. And the last piece would be cost. Uh, they need to understand that preparing these things or setting this stuff up cost money to get it going and they have mm-hmm. to see if that aligns with their budget right well i think at some point 
like, again, especially for those who have no choice now at this point in California, it's either, you know, get the software and pay those fees or you're not operating, right? And yeah. so some of them are just going to have a choice. But that's one thing I had been thinking about, too, is having, you know, the Office 365 for your email and being able to access your Word or Excel or, you know, other things online instead of it being, you know, just on the desktop version that a lot of people are used to. Um, there's so many different technologies that are have become available in recent years, you know, too, just to make it easier to work online and be productive. Um, but again, sometimes, especially small business owners, you don't have time to really research and know what's out there and if it's going to work for you. And so sometimes the smaller businesses are behind the bigger businesses because yes. you're just wearing so many hats. You don't have the time to really go through and, and determine, like, is this going to work? Or learning, you know, that, that learning curve sometimes is a little bit higher for someone who maybe that's not their expertise. And so now here we are surprise, you know, this is how you're going to have to operate. And then there's a lot of scurrying going on, just trying to make sure that they can continue business as is. Yeah, the, 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 the you know, in today's day and age, a lot of small, medium-sized businesses don't have an IT guy that they go to. They, they uh, usually it's the owner or maybe one of the employees uh, wears all the multiple hats, uh, you know, accountant, you know, service provider to to uh, their customers. Um, you know, actually even gets in there, rolls up their sleeves, and gets to work. It, they their niche industry. They know that industry. They understand that. That's why they're there because they they feel that they can provide a service or a product that the consumer uh, would want. And so in that, you can only learn, learn so much. And in technology, it's constantly evolving. And even I, for one, could, would tell you that I don't know everything because mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's always constantly evolving. Right. But uh, I have the fundamental understanding. And so if uh, something new comes up that I'm not as familiar with, it's not that uh, – big learning curve to, to uh, look into it and adopt it. So it, it makes it a little easier to to uh, absorb and then try to focus on, okay, how does this apply to this business? And so, <clears throat> you know, like what happened with you guys, we we had already gone through the process of moving your, your email system from an in-house server to Office 365 and get it out there in a, in a, uh, a cloud environment, which now uh, put that operation in a mobile capability and, mm-hmm. and thus began the pro- progression to where you are now. Um, and so that, that's one of the things that, that comes into play when, when a small, medium-sized businesses can uh, utilize an IT person that will help guide them through that, the minutia of technology. Right. And I think, too, one thing that was really good for us to have figured out, and of course, we still have to see if maybe there's a better option, but was even our phone system and changing that from being, you know, a hardwired phone to being through, you know, the computer as well. Correct. Uh, there, there are in situations like yours, uh, again, when when the decision was looking at, OK, let, you know, we need to have the ability to move things around and be able to go remote when necessary. It becomes more difficult if you have an old on-site PBX kind of system 
where uh, it's designed to be connected in-house. Very efficient, very um, reliable because it's it's old, old technology <laughs> that's been proven and so forth. But then what happens is you're more restricted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what we do now is the, the new technology like VoIP allows you the flexibility to communicate by design the PBX is not necessarily internal, but rather external, and you're you don't have to worry about the cost of recreating, you know, or reinstalling the software or buying new hardware to replace the aging equipment. It's done for you, but you then have the flexibility of, hey, if I'm not here and I am uh, I'm not in the office, but I am out in the uh, market. Uh, I can still receive the calls, and it's easy to to forward calls to cell phones and so forth. It's all programmable, mm-hmm. uh, so it makes it more a much um, a much more effective option for customer companies that that need that flexibility. Right, and the other benefit that I had appreciated was the fact that we could still, you know, have the affordable bookkeeping phone number. So even if we're calling from a laptop or something like that, I don't have to have employees use their cell phones to make calls. We could still use basically the business line. It just doesn't have to be a hard phone. So that that was really helpful. So, well, believe it or not, we're actually, it's time to take another break. Uh, So when we come back, we'll continue talking with Eladio Medina of Kinetic Consulting Group about setting up a remote workspace. So we'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. 
Today I'm chatting with Eladio Medina of Kinetic Consulting Group, and we're talking about setting up a remote workspace and the infrastructure that's needed. So Eladio, if, again, there's someone in an area that hasn't had to have anyone working from home yet, what suggestions can you make to them to allow the workers to be able to be out of the office, but still getting their work done if they actually haven't started that process yet? Uh, well, there, there's a f- several things that they would l- need to look at. Um, one is they, they have to identify ex- the strategic personnels that would be needing access to information when they're not in the office. <clears throat> in the past, it used to be like, oh, you know, if they had a local email server on site, the, the users needed to, if they were being out mobile, they need to be able to connect to the to the local network and grab their emails that that were there housed locally uh but then it's expanded to having local resources that were used uh some actually can do work as far as for example uh doing accounting work and then if they needed to print checks they would be printing checks to a local computer or local printer at the office that another employee would then gather and process to be uh, mailed out and so forth. So things like that, uh, they, the strategic person uh, uh, or personnel have to be identified to ensure that you got the, the right people or are these people qualified to do the stuff that needs to be done out, uh, externally. Then what you need to do is also determine what information can be cloud-based or uh, need to be on a local network. <clears throat> Now, when I'm talking about a local network, uh, this could be the uh, uh, traditional, you know, you walk into the office and you get on on, on your computer and you're on a uh, network where the servers and resources are locally. But you can also have one called virtual desktop in, uh, uh, environment and also virtual, uh, what is it, uh, virtual private clouds which uh, creates a network in the cloud like AWS or uh, Azure where in that uh, uh, environment, a virtual network, much like the one that's in the office, is created and maintained there. So uh, they have to have, you know, you have to determine where the software is going to be and where the data is going to be so that uh, you can then, create the remote access accordingly and then finally whether it's for the local office and and more importantly in like in this case where everybody needs to be at home um, you want to determine uh, the bandwidth of your internet does the bandwidth at the office uh, supply enough needs for the number of people that are going to be not only uh, working in-house, but working externally uh, in a remote location. And then, of course, the, uh, those individuals that are at uh, home um, need to understand that they may not have that, that capability right now. Case in point, I had to, uh, last week, uh, go to a customer's site um, uh, because they, have, they had an... Uh, uh, an employee that uh, had to be restricted because of health issues at home, and this was before the lockdown. So I had to get equipment for her and take it to her her home, only to find that she's got a DSL connection. 
which means that that DSL is fine for web browsing, but when you got it, you you have a connection to the home office and it's uh, encrypted, it's going to be slower. And thus, when we connected, she was getting shaky responses where she would enter uh, in a in an entry field. She would enter uh, a username or a search term, and it would delay. So it creates frustration and so forth. So they we ordered already uh, a upgrade to her uh, internet access at at her uh, home office so that she can have improved connectivity mm-hmm. uh, so that's one of the things uh, one of the major aspects of it you just got to make sure that you have that bandwidth on both ends to accommodate the what you're going to be doing and the tra- the amount of traffic that's going to go through it right well I think it's especially important to really consider how employees would work together as a team when they're not in the same room. So can you touch on the types of technology that you recommend for them to have at their disposal to also be able to stay in touch and continue to be able to collaborate as necessary? Well, here this, this is a, a very important byproduct that mm-hmm. is uh, that right now, given the circumstances that are happening, people are discovering is a, a shortfall. Um, uh, unlike where uh, affordable bookkeeping and payroll had already made this decision back in January, I mean, uh, in September, where the migration took place, um, the the employees uh, were able to to get trained and started operating, got used to, you know, going through the pitfalls and so forth of how to communicate with each other, where best should the data be so that everybody can access it, how they're going to access it, what's the procedures and the processes. And so when all this has come about, um, affordable bookkeeping is already well-trained to understand how this works. Uh, right now, uh, I'm getting people that, that have already you know, have been rushed into getting into remote access, but they're still struggling on, well, how do they communicate with each other and how do they, um, you know, put that all together so that, you know, they can get to the files and, and share files back and forth. How do they conduct meetings? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not like, oh, uh, I need to speak to Candy right now about such and such thing and gets up and walks over to your office and says, Hey, can we talk a second? And we can take care of it. There's, you got to go through more of a process in order to do that. You got to find out if she's available. How do you find out that she's available or not, or if she's on the phone, things like that, where, you know, the physical aspect is taken out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a very important aspect where that, that, that takes place. So given that, some of the things that they can do are, are things like, um, <clears throat> you know, once you've defined the method of remote access and so forth uh, and where, where your target data is, is at, you can have things like Dropbox, Google Drive on uh, OneDrive if, if you're using micro, uh, the Microsoft Office 365 suite, there are, they, they've created a, a virtual um, office in the sense where you can use SharePoint to create models of data. They also have workflows where you can 
due processes that need to be checked off before it goes on to the next step, such like that. Um, but, you know, you can also have uh, complete virtual offices that are on the uh, cloud where everything is encompassed. You can use the, you know, VoIP systems with soft phones that connect to everybody and that it, you could use procedures that tell you, hey, you can have, you can be green saying you're available, you're on a phone, do not disturb, and people can see the status offhand for everybody that's in, in your department or, or company-wide and determine whether you can uh, talk to them or not. You can also have those ad hoc meetings using much like Messenger, uh, but in-house where you could communicate with them on simple things that don't necessarily need an immediate answer, but you can say, you know, hey, uh, how, how's this thing with the customer? We need to take care of this right now or follow up. Please let me know. And then much like email, but it's just something that doesn't need to require an email message to be, be transmitted. Mm -hmm. And it goes through uh, the channels of a, of a chat session. So there are things like that. You can also use traditional items like Skype video or, or Zoom, for example, uh, to conduct uh, video conferencing where you, know, you can see everybody's faces and so forth. Mm -hmm. You can have them audio um, or you can have you know, video. Take case in point, today, Candy and I are having a meeting <laughs> uh, over a Skype session uh, and where she's at the studio, I am not. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's just the the uh, product of our environment right now where I can't be with her at the studio. I have to be where I'm at right now. So we use technology to in order to, in order to communicate. So there's things like that. And the more uh, they use it, the more well-versed they become the easier the communication becomes a norm. Uh, this is something that I believe is going to be more prevalent in the future with the uncertainty of mm -hmm. what's going to be happening. Uh, I think uh, businesses are going to start looking at, well, we need to have this in case it happens again. Uh, we hope it doesn't happen again. But, you know, this is something that nobody expected to happen anyway, and it did. So now it's going to be something that businesses are going to consider uh, more and more often. So it's right. best to get the people, the employees trained in it. Right. And technology will continue to evolve, and we might find we have a solution now that works, but we might find something later that's even better, you know, that fits our needs. So we'll, we'll have to keep keep watching that. But I actually wanted to ask another question about, you know, what can a business do if a vendor that they're dependent upon isn't meeting their needs for service? Like, is there anything really, or are they just kind of stuck? <laughs> well, they, they can be kind of stuck, but it's best to have a relationship with an IT consultant. Again, mm -hmm. it goes back to you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. Um, you, you know, um, that industry that you're working in, you you understand that, you know the ebb and flow. But then again, when it comes into technology, uh, it could be very frustrating because the terminology, uh, what are the parameters that you're looking for, you, you don't quite understand. And I've seen cases where 
the employee is promised uh, <clears throat> what you know something, and they they understand something different. The 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 owner understands something different. The vendor says, "Hey, I can give you this," but not really understanding uh, what you're they're being given. Case mm-hmm. in point. Uh, you see a lot of, and, and, and I'm going to throw a lot of these ISPs under the bus here because it's very frustrating. They, they will promise you, oh, I can give you, you know, a huge amount of uh, download speed, right? And you're like, wow, that's really great, you know, and you want to order that and then only realize that your download is great, but your mm-hmm. upload is insufficient to have people that are that are connected remotely, right? Why? Because it goes both ways, and you you can get, for example, two hundred down, but five megabits up. You're you know, and then you throw twenty employees in the mix, you're dead. Right. Well, I, we're actually almost to the end of the show, so I know I hate to have to cut you off because there's so much information. So what I would love you to be able to do is share how people can connect with you if they have questions and they have, you know, some, you know, what they need for resources and can reach out. So you can give us your website, phone number, you know, how to reach you. Uh, okay. Kinetic Consulting Group uh, can be found on uh, the uh, Facebook under, you know, Facebook.com slash Kinetic CG. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-C-C-G. Uh, also on our website, uh, KineticCG.com. We can also be uh, accessed through uh, support or info at KineticCG.com. And also uh, you can call in at 310-433-0948. We're there to help you. Uh, any way we can, and we're glad to uh, assist every anyone that is in need. Um, we base ourselves on strong relationships. Uh, in this day and time, uh, when when things were uh, being called in, I was checking with uh, uh, some of my customers that have seniors on staff. I know it's not like I just knew them; I know them, and I and I have a relationship with them such that, that I called them, say, hey, how, is there anything that you need? Things like that. So we, we build that bond with our customers in such a way that, you know, we're, there's a relationship with them. That's great. But thank you so much, Eladio, for being a guest on my show. This was a very timely topic that we had decided to discuss prior to this all happening here in California. I want to thank the listeners for tuning into the show today as well. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about setting up a remote workplace. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Eladio at any of the links he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is revenue is in the relationship. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.